On Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations. Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, we're getting spring ready at the Home Depot. By stocking up on top brands and rolling out store-wide savings. Come in today for all the indoor and outdoor cleaning essentials you need to supply your spring cleaning projects this season. Countdown to spring with savings on all your project needs at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two. Go to the text line real quick before we get back into this. Uh, Angry Rams fan says, as a Rams fan, Wagner is one of the few that I can root for. Uh, The same with Warner from the Niners. That dude is legit as well. There's some guys that you can root for outside of your own circle. All right. Yeah, for sure. You know, Uh, um, Texture mentions that Colt Brennan carried Hawaii. Wasn't NFL good. Yeah, but he, he, he made Hawaii fun to watch for. Yeah, I I wasn't saying that that it would make them NFL good. What I'm saying is the personality traits or the ability to lead teams that are undermanned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should be a big factor when you're looking at. I was I always look at Jay Cutler. I always look at Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Um, talent is one thing. Leadership yeah, is a whole other. Yeah, leadership is another. Because sometimes it, if you have a little bit less talent, look at like Drew Brees, right? But he has excellent work ethic and knowledge of the game, so forth and so on. But the more appealing draft pick, not maybe at that time, because I don't know if they're in the same draft, would have been Jay Cutler because of the arm strength. Just like we were talking about Deshaun Kaiser, right? Right. And all these other quarterbacks that went before, like Tom Brady. I was talking about the ability to lead. So I guess if I wasn't but how do clear. You, how do you know? How does the NFL – scouts and coaches know whether somebody can lead or not because well i mean because tom brady didn't really even like he was a part-time starter in michigan so right but that was but if you watched michigan that year i was i was a fan of michigan or a fan of tom brady then because he was always fighting drew henson the golden boy the yankee draft pick Mm -hmm. the arm Mm -hmm. but tom brady always was better and he was always given i always say the, the the crap duty Okay, Drew Henson, they're down by 14. Here comes Tom, and he leads them back. Mm-hmm. Every week he's, he's, you know, competing for the starting job when he's continued to answer the bell, right? So he's, he, he, he showed that, mm-hmm. but his, his 40-time in combine, you know. And he put, let him take the picture of him in the shorts. Right. He never well, you don't done. have no choice. But at the end of the day, they focus more on that versus what they saw on, on the tape. Now, granted, like, look, 
it was a perfect marriage between him and the Patriots. But let's be honest, the Patriots picked him in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. So if they were really, really smart, they would have going to probably picked him in the second round. And say, I know something that you guys don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's just the way it. You know, that's the way the NFL is. They they at quarterback position. That's where you see so many busts. They'll they'll talk themselves into drafting a guy, knowing two or three, four guys are better. But isn't that what? college recruiting really is, relies on, right? That they, sometimes they miss. They rely on the underwear Olympics, bodies, type, styles, height, weight, speed, with versus looking at football players. Does he love football? Uh, does he what, work? Is he a worker? Um, you know, is he mentally tough, X, Y, and Z? You know, I mean, that's – I mean, yeah, that's what, that's where you see – a lot of guys, that's where you see a lot of these five-star guys that don't make it. You know, five-star guy comes in to any school, thinks he's just given a starting spot or carries or receptions or defensive snaps, and then next thing you know, you have a guy that was a two-star recruit, and then, you know, he's kind of been working at it for a year or two, and he knows the system, he's mentally tougher, and he's a pretty good football player, and you get beat out. And, I mean, that's the way it is. And then the easy – not the easy, but then there's an option for the transfer portal, which in theory was good um, because I think the the rule of sitting out a year without any uh, adjustments, that's the way it was, was archaic, and, you know, because it's it's no different than, say, like if you were at Notre Dame for just a year and you redshirted or at, you know, certain school and, say, LSU, you redshirted, well, then the whole staff is gone. Yeah, you go to – said school for the school, but you also had three or four coaches that recruited you. They're all gone. But then if you wanted to transfer to another school, back then you had to sit out a year. So, um, you know, the evaluation process is not easy. Um, sometimes I think people get get in their own way uh, when they try to decide who they, you know, want to go after, so forth and so on. I think that um, – you know, I think also one of the things is is that if you, you know, I always say this: you could you could have a kid that's from Lincoln or Omaha, mm-hmm. and the same kid, and he could be, I don't know, let's say six four, two fifty, and playing, I don't know, whatever position, tight end, offensive tackle, whatever, and it could be the same kid that's still six four, two fifty, and just say he's a lineman, he would be ranked higher because he lives in Texas versus him living in. Nebraska, no doubt. Without even no doubt. Without even knowing who he is, what his you know support system is, does he love football? Um, is what he, is, what he, are his he, flaws? Or, or, no, or his flaws. But it could be the same player though. So mm-hmm. you, so you, he has the same flaws. Okay. So this person in Nebraska is going to be say like a two or three star, and the guy in Texas is going to be a four star. They'll overlook. If he was an offensive guard, let's just say this, and he's okay. only two fifty five. And I think some. I think some of this is positional. Well, sure, but he could be the offensive guard in Nebraska in, and in Texas, same kid. Mm-hmm. They'll overlook it being from Texas, and it will be focused on because he's from Nebraska. I agree with 99% of that because a lineman from Nebraska will, will get the same look. The question is whether Nebraska's competition is at the level of Texas. Sure, but at the end of the day, there's no competition that you're going to get once you get in high, get, get in college. So it doesn't matter. What well, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. Everything within reason. Is that part of? The, but is that a part of the decision making process? It should. That, I mean, yeah. If you're looking for him to be ready made, yeah, he's he's dealt, he's played against better competition. But 
you could play against good competition and not be a competitor. Right. So that all of that those things are important. Right. So I mean, you could be the ultimate. I mean, you can't. I mean, if you're from Ogallala, Nebraska, you can't, and you are a bad dude, mm-hmm. and you are just running through cats, mm-hmm. and then you go to a camp and you still run through cats, mm-hmm. right? Say so you come to like a, I guess a Nebraska, you know, camp, and you still run through cats. Then you know you can't talk about competition. But you, I've seen plenty of guys from bigger cities and bigger states, and that that a plethora of Division One players have played probably better competition than kids, and they just can't. They they're not competitors. How much of a recruiting is paying attention to who they're competing against? I'm sure. It's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Well, when you look at when you look at so somebody sends you a film on on a, on a oh I don't look at I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. If he's if he's if he's out there playing against you know. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to really look into his physical attributes because you can't really, you know, you can't, you know, ideally I think the best evaluation is when you play against like players, right? But if somebody's not able to play against them, yeah, you could be like a little bit of negative, but I'm not going to shut the door on, say, like a DP and you're, you're, you know, just in your area in Virginia, there's not, it might be a down year for football players mm-hmm. or you just might be that guy, you know what I'm saying? So then you got to look at, then you got to do some more homework. You know, you got to look at, you know, look at his, you know, his feet and what you always do. You got to really focus in on that. Then you got to see what he's made of because it will be an adjustment for him. But it, but I think kids can make that adjustment if they have the right makeup. I, I, I had a, a conversation with a scout this morning, and a part of what he was talking about was he said his the greatest time waster for him is film of not like leveled yeah. competition and he goes so i tend to he goes i want to tell people look if you're putting together your highlight film show me against the best players you play against right whatever you're doing against the best players you play against is what i need to see sure i don't need to see you playing against your little brother in the backyard yeah i don't need to see you at, over at over at chili state like we don't right. need that we need to see that for you when you talk about certain positions you talk about the difference between a guy uh, running back from Nebraska versus a running back from Florida. Those human perceptions of what happens in Florida come into play. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like I'm telling you, it's <laughs> like semi-pro football down there. Right? I mean, it's and I'm sure. Look, they got spring ball down there, so they're you know it's it's football year round, and so they're developed more than when you live in the Midwest because you're not able to go play in the snow. But then also, I'd like to think that the ceiling of uh, some kids that are in a different, you know, uh, geographical area, it could be higher than, say, like, you know, states that they play year-round, you know, and so. And you play more games in the South. Like, right. that's just how it works. So, it's, it's. I mean, it's just, you know, it's give or take. You just got to do a good job evaluating, see what you want. Um, you know, get in where you fit in, and, and uh, once they get here, you know, give them the chance to, you know, reprove themselves. I always say that what you did in high school got you here. What you do here is going to get you where you want to go. What do you say to this? So uh, Jake asks, how are stars assigned anywhere? Are there people in basements watching footage of thousands of players and arbitrarily rating them? How does one get this job? I can assign stars randomly based on geography and stats. Do you know any of the people who who, who, who are part of the star system? I have no idea. It's, I'm sure they have a – I'm sure it has a – Private club. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have like film – 40 time how well you have you know how well you do at other camps a lot of it's probably you know based on offers i have no idea it that's their little niche 
You know, I think it's just a starting point when you say, hey, so-and-so signed at this school and he's a former four-star, you know, recruit or whatever. What's the mentally, it's the mentally lazy thing where people want everything organized for them. Right. And you don't want to put your eyes to it and actually put in the work. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just good to talk. I mean, it's a good starting point to kind of figure out, you know, because a lot of guys might be, a, you know, a kid might be a four-star recruit based on he has a ton of potential, right? He's like a, you know, uncut diamond, you know, where you, you know, but he has the, you know, the height that you might want to play multiple positions and he's, and he, and he's, you know, he's fast and he has a frame that you can put, you know, weight on, but he doesn't have the experience or the, you know, the the experience of playing because maybe, you know, he transitioned from basketball to, to football or he doesn't have experience because he just hadn't played a lot of games. Yeah, you know? I mean, so that, that's There's a lot a that goes into, you know, I'm sure their evaluation, um, you know, and so, you know, this thing is, is – Recruiting now is is almost to a science. You know, you want you know. I know like recruits wait for that first offer, most likely from the biggest school around in their region, mm-hmm. and then they can take that to parlay into multiple offers. Mm-hmm. I, That's I, why it's so crucial to have that first offer because once you get that, it's the springboard. Because I know other schools look at it like who else offered? Them? Who else offered them? That's literally the first question that's asked, right, on a regular basis. Um, so. The, Joe asked the question, do recruiters just care about game film or are there other ways to get kids noticed when they're not getting playing time? Moana Cox didn't even play football in college. Yeah. He I played mean, basketball. Right. VCU didn't have football. Yeah. If you have skill and talent and you decide you want to approach it, you can track it. It's much easier if you have tape. Sure. Like, it's much easier. It's much easier to send. I can't send somebody a letter and say, hey, I've got a kid that, you know, hadn't played. Well, you can, but it you, it's a much narrower pool. For you, how much time do you spend looking at the film of guys that are announced that, you know, they got an offer from Nebraska? Do you ever look Not at much. it? No, yeah. I, don't, I don't help out with that. You know what I mean? Well, no, I no, no. Just for your own. I mean, sometimes I might, you know, if they, somebody posts their deal or whatever, I might look at it. I'm looking for attributes and not highlight tapes. Nobody's posting it, posting a tape of them dropping a ball, right. them getting blown up, or anything like that. I know it happens, so it's not that big a deal, but I just kind of look at more of it attributes. <laughs> you know, attributes based on what position right? what position they play. Well, I mean, I always say skill, – Skill sets maybe is a better – Well, if you set. can show me that you can do the thing that's required at the very base level. If you're a linebacker and you can tackle – we yeah, we, yeah, we can then talk. We're, then we're, yeah, then we're rolling. We, like, we got that. We got that box check. Right, like if you're around the ball. Right. Can you change direction? Can you come out of your breaks? What's your closing speed like? What's your play diagnosis like? How you know some and it's all based on who is doing the huddle. I want to see guys that can can communicate because that shows me you got leadership. Can you can you are can you, you anticipating? Are yeah. you, do you can actually you be the guy like, that leads the orchestra? Because that's what you are as a middle linebacker. Yeah. You, you're you're the you're the conductor or whatever he's called. And um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, uh, what's your pad level like? Do you run your feet on contact? But these are all things that you can be taught or you can work on to get better. But those are things you look at, you know, um, you know, how well do you do? You know, you can tell if the guy that he's tackling is a good back. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean he has to be a four or five star, but, you know, he's a good back. Um, So it's not it's not an easy science, man. It's not, man. It's uh, because you could have a guy that has all the 
bells and whistles per se, and then you get here and, 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 and yeah, and you got the uh, little heart. Head, what was the head guy? That, was that was that the lion in the, or was that the Tin Man? Tin Man has has, has no heart. Was it lion ten, had no courage? Yeah, well, same thing. Yeah, you have you seen that little clip? There was a clip that was actually made based on that, looking at football players. <laughs> and go well. That one has no brain. That one has no heart. Oh, that one I has no I courage. Said, yeah, because yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it, right? Well, I think sometimes you don't got no brain if you play football. Um, <laughs> but you won't keep a brain. You may not keep yeah. it after you. After um, you do that. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's hard to do. It's hard to do when they go draft guys. It's hard to do when they do when they draft guys in the NBA. It's hard to do when they draft guys in baseball. You just never know. I think a lot of it is this, and this is what recruiters have told me, that they don't particularly care who you're playing against. It's what you do when you're playing against them. That you should be consistent in what you do. You should. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't you should you shouldn't be if a player always says, "Man, look at these four games." I'll let you know that that lets me know them eight other games you were garbage. If you got to depend on a game to prove how good you are, that means you're not very good or games or something like that. Fair. You should be consistent. One of the best compliments that you can get as a player or that you as a as a if you're getting evaluated is that you're consistent because that's what you want. You want somebody that you know if say like when you're drafting guys that you know there's going to be there every single day, every single game and he's going to be there to make plays. Here's a question, do you think Arch Manning got an extra star because of his family history? I don't know, but he's a bad boy, so I guess. But he's he's legit, at least from what I've seen. I'm sure it. I'm sure it didn't hurt. Um, hey, look, man, that's the that's the gene pool, man. That's the that's the first family of football. It really is, isn't it? Anybody, yeah. Anytime you have a you have a player that says calls the team up, say, "Man, I ain't playing for you," and you better not draft me in the modern day. Without without saying I'm gonna go play baseball like John Elway. Yeah, you the first family of football. And paid no retribution for it. Right. And then everybody was okay with it. Would you put Kobe in that situation? Him telling Charlotte, don't draft me? No. I, well, I said first family, essentially, you know, Archie, Peyton, no. Eli. Now, you know, this young one. I mean, where it's, it's this is – we're four or five deep here. Sure. There, I mean, but there's been team, there's been guys that don't want to go to – certain markets in the NBA. I mean, remember Cunningham that went number one this year? He kind of embraced going to Detroit. Mm -hmm. There's other guys that would probably didn't, you know, embrace going to Detroit. So, um, you know, yeah, you could put Kobe in there, but I was talking about the first family football. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good trait. I mean, who, look. Who, the, who else would be in that conversation? The, for, fam for the families. Matthews? Yeah, but they didn't really, like, cause a fuss, but they have a deep lineage of – plethora of Matthews that have been right like yeah. it's, it's, if you don't make it in the NFL and you got Matthews last name you looking at you like <laughs> give you change yeah, your name like, yeah change your yeah, name there he is over there you know you know the one that couldn't make it over so there, in the are, there really aren't that many multi-generation I mean there's players. uh Chris Long Howie Long I mean there's plenty of guys like that but you talk about I'm well, talking well, about but, like two three four down the line yeah I mean there aren't that many like yeah, multi-generation yeah. families in football you a little bit more of that in baseball, but not not in, not in football. Wow. Yeah, the Mannings, I guess they are. Um, so through all of this stuff, right, that if you go into a, a, a 
command center for football, for any team program, et cetera. Right. That what percentage of the recipe is who you have on your team plus who you have coaching or teaching on your team? How? What's the perfect ratio? What's the right balance? Does talent overrun development? Does the, Can development negate? In the NFL level? Yeah. Yeah, you're not really – I don't think they really develop a lot of guys. Not anymore. Okay. Because they want instant return on their investment. So, that's why they start rookies. You see, when I came in and, and as a rookie, first-round picks weren't even starting. You had to wait a year or two. You had to earn your spot. So, the veterans kind of showed you the way. Now, they're like, dude, you come from the draft right into starting. So, I don't think much development is there. So, I think, you know, the mix of it, now is more talent based because everybody tries to out talent each other. Like I said, there's only a few teams that are actually trying to win and they are a more 50, 50 balance of talent teaching. You could throw development in there, but yeah, because they're able to, and this is what I mean by development. They're able to take a second or third stringer, say priority or a street free agent mm -hmm. and have him be a immediate or emergency stopgap and make plays versus the teams that are just trying to accumulate the best athletes, you know, so forth and so on, and they aren't very consistent. Like, development to me was was Utah and Urban Meyer turning Alex Smith, who was a third-team, kind of a grad student kind of kid, into a number, round draft, number right. one draft pick. That, to me, is development. Like, you – oh, you lit the fire under, dude, figured out how you're going to make it work. Not everybody can do that. Like, sure. I think development is overused. As, right. As oh, a, yeah. Right? That, yeah. oh, well, you can turn this dude in. Now, being able to coach somebody into doing the things that you need for them to do most often. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. Right? Because there's so many other distractions or people in their ear. Straight up. That, that have probably known and been with them longer than you have. You know what I'm saying? Um and also, you know, whether it's the Y generation or, or anything, I mean, they think they know everything, don't know, they know little. But at the end of the day, it's it's hard to get kids to, to I guess the quote is, buy in to what you're asking <laughs> them to do. I know do. you hate that. You hate that so Right. Much. I don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to sell you on something that you could easily have taken away from you if you don't perform. So I don't need you to buy in. I just need you to do. Do your job. I just need you to do the routine things as routinely as possible, which is all the time. That's it. That's how you win games. That's how you win and be more consistent. It's not learning how to win. It's learning how to do the routine things routinely all the time or the majority of the time. Not sometimes. Not for a drive or two. Mm -hmm. Not for a half or two. Not a game or two. Majority and all the time. How complicated is that when it's it is teenagers? It's, it is complicated. Because we know teenagers aren't, aren't the same from hour to hour, let no, alone. Exactly. Know. And they have people in their ear, and they have people that they don't even know, which is via social media, that can distract them, deter them, and uh, get them to think that uh, what you're trying to do isn't up to snuff. And nobody really wants to be accountable, right? Nobody wants to be um well, nobody wants to nobody be wants to, Everybody nobody, wants to no, feel like they first and they right, know more. Nobody wants to point the thumb, I guess, like I quote the, the great Mark Pellini, Bill right. Pellini. Um, and I remember this, uh, and I could say this. I remember in Buffalo when um, 
the GM came, or when the the owner came in and told us that he fired the GM, be, and essentially it was because he wouldn't fire Wade, who Wade wouldn't fire Bruce DeHaven, right? He mm-hmm. ended up firing him or getting fired a couple years later. I remember sitting in the locker room and I was talking with Ted Washington, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, like the you know the guys that should be really upset are the guys that were on that Music City Miracle kickoff because none of this would have happened if they would have either covered covered the kick better or we would have called." Instead of a squib kick, we would have, you know, covered, called a regular kick. So, and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He's like, that's why he's like, those guys are responsible for John Butler to get fired, which essentially hurts everybody on that team because that's the, that's the guy that built the team. So that there's, you know, there's going to be a new GM. Mm -hmm. So even if you play good, you, you, you know, you see guys start to get jettisoned year, two, three, four years early. And so I, that was my first experience of dealing with a coach or a, a minute, you know, decision maker per se, getting fired, you know, mid season. And it, it was a unique, it never, I mean, it changed my viewing of how things go. Um, but now that I view that, you know, college football now is, 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 is NFL or professional football, you know, things are, you know, I think run, run right in line with it. We'll throw it a break. When we come back, there's a little bit more meat on this bone that we're going to go through. Um, the coaching aspect of their questions. And then, of course, uh, the texter asked for a T-shirt sales update, so we have to do that as well. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. What, what is so it, Nick? We'll do, we'll do, we'll Wait, big, is Big Sky here? Big pay, be there, look patient. At Mikey, look at Mikey over be there. Be patient. We will have those answers and information for you when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan Leaf. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. Every business wants to engineer new possibilities, creating revenue, optimizing costs, and scaling technologies like cloud and AI. Start at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud and find the services you need to get the value you seek. Deloitte. 